This week's Brighton Court Talk features a special guest from Sci-Fi's Van Helsing. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast of Brad Court Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Tonight we have a very special guest sitting in with us to talk about Sci-Fi's new series, Van Helsing. Please welcome showrunner Neil Levute. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, Neil. Thank you for having me. We got to tell you that we've really been enjoying the show, the episodes that we've seen so far, and we just cannot wait to see how everything unfolds. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to get it out there and see how the uh, the public takes to it. Oh, for sure. For well, sure. I can tell you, I just got back off the plane last night and I was just jet lagged and watched through the whole entire thing. And I was just, I was loving every minute of it. Can't wait for more of this story. And woke you up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a few questions for you. And... Absolutely. For the first one, from our interviews with Rukia and Trezza, we know that the show has no relation to the 2014 Van Helsing movie. But what about the different comics featuring Vanessa Van Helsing? You know, there, there, was, a, there was a tie to the graphic novel um, of Van Helsing that uh, th- there was some, uh, I don't know if, it's a, if it was a rights issue or um, kind of a springboard, the idea of at least a female Van Helsing that we acknowledge in the, in the credits, but we really sort of started at, um, if not quite ground zero, it was pretty close. There was a, a document that had been put together that sci-fi had seen and, and they liked the bones of that. But when I came into it with, um, Simon Barry and a, and a group of writers that, that made up our writer's room, we, we really started with a few, uh, character ideas that, that they had had. We fleshed out the rest and, um, and then also really the lore behind the kinds of vampires and how everything had happened. And so I would say, gosh, you know, 90 some percent of what you will see has come out of the minds of, of the people, both at sci-fi and the producers and then the room that, uh, that made up the writers. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so the show is a bit different in tone from some of the other pro- projects that you've done in the past. Like, how did you become involved with Van Helsing? I um, I got involved by knowing the producers uh, from Nomadic, Chad and Mike, um, who were um, also producers on Hell on Wheels, where I had worked as a director. And uh, they had approached me when I was directing one of the, one of the last episodes I directed for that series, um, they asked me out in the middle of a field somewhere, they asked me, how much do I like vampires? And, um, I had actually adapted Dracula to the stage uh, a few years ago. And, uh, ironically I had changed the sex of, of Van Helsing to a woman myself. And so I thought that was a kind of strange sign that, that, um, you know, we might be on the same track here. And so, <laughs> Um, well, it's a very different approach. Well, mine really still took from the Bram Stoker novel yeah. primarily. I still, uh, I thought this is interesting. And so I um, I ended up signing on and uh, and going from there. Okay. So um, what would you say that sets Van Helsing apart from other vampire or apocalyptic shows that we've seen already? Well, I think a few of the, I think that, you know, we're, we're re- definitely playing it. For keeps, you know, there, there's no real sense of irony for us. Um, I mean, not that we're afraid of using humor at all. I think that's always important. But, um, you know, we take it very seriously and think the characters should be ones that, that draw an audience in. And and, and so it, the stakes are, are, are always high. 
but that's that's you know the same in a lot of shows I think mm-hmm. you know that have that kind of jeopardy. Um, in terms of the, the vampire side, um, I think the uh, the fact that Vanessa can um, can bite vampires and turn them back into humans a very um, unusual and and exciting uh, idea that we've we've added to the show. So she yeah. becomes ultimately a um, beyond just being a, I think a really strong hero and, yeah. and, and an important, you know, strong female character. She, um, she can do something that I, I haven't really seen before in that genre. Yeah. And, uh, and so for both sides of the coin, you know, both the humans and the vampires are both frightened of her and, you know, want her in some way. So that makes her a very important figure throughout the, the series. I mean, she sort of has to be when your name's on the brand, you kind of, you know, need to make that character, really important. So I think that really sets her apart in an interesting way. Definitely. Um, but as, as strong and cool as she is, she's still very human. Kelly is great at portraying, you know, not just the feminine side, but just the human side of being, yeah. being afraid, um, really worried about her child. That's a that's mm-hmm. sort of her driving force throughout the first season. Um, she really can play the, the, the human factor really well, while at the same time, you know, doing her stunts and, and coming off in a really strong and, and positive way. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think, important. I think on the other side, with uh, some of the vampires, you know, we've, we've given them um, a lifespan. You know, they do not have the eternal life that you find with a lot of vampires. Mm-hmm. They're, they're living and, and dying at a much slower rate than, than human beings are, but they too, after a few hundred years, pass away and so they're also looking for a way to extend their life or to find eternal life and they think that perhaps Vanessa will be the one to be able to to do that for them so um, even they have a sense of jeopardy beyond oh if we get our heads cut off or shot in the heart or that sort of thing you know they actually do have the ability to die just of old age so um, I think that's a very different take on on vampires as well so I like those kinds of things we've tried to add a lot of. Yeah. And um, just going back to what you said earlier, uh, Kelly in the second episode, she really hit me in the feels uh, like she, I was feeling all the emotions. So oh, good. Yeah, I mean, that was, we job. thought that was important. We thought yeah. we really wanted to dump people right into the world kind mm-hmm. of in the same way that she wakes up, you know, and has no idea where she is. We want the audience to kind of just jump in and go, wow, where, where am I? What's happening? You know? And, uh, and so that first episode really does that. And then we, we pull ourselves back around and say, and this is how we got here. Okay. And then, you know, we won't, we don't really use that device, the yeah. flashback or anything like that, you know, much beyond that in yeah. the series so far. So it really was just a special way of saying, here's how all of this came to be. And then from then on, we will tell you a story in real time. Yeah. Um, so I think from then on, you'll, you'll be, you know, just racing forward to see what happens next. Yeah. At first, when I was watching the first two episodes, I had wondered about that, why you placed the first and second episode like that. But like you said, it made it more impactful. Uh, you already saw her when she first woke up in the panic and everything she was feeling. And then suddenly Dylan was more than an idea. We actually got to see her and like, I- I'm desperate for her to find Dylan now. Yeah, great. I mean, that's really the way we wanted that to work. And you could have you could have flipped those around and shown episode two first, 
Yeah. And, uh, it would work. It would work as a storytelling device, but yeah. I think it was much more effective to to throw people into the ocean in a way and Absolutely. say swim, and then suddenly go, oh, here's a here's a piece of land. You can stop here and catch your breath and figure out what's going on. Definitely, I, I would have to agree with that because the first episode did did it left us with questions, and having that second episode being the flashback, it answered a lot of those other questions, like yeah. what exactly happened at Yellowstone? You know, it was a super volcano that went yeah. off, and and it just goes through that whole pitch of how did she end up on a on a bed in the hospital to start with, which is this is what it, it was a deep question, and, and finally getting to that answer. I mean, I really liked the way it played out. Yeah, like you said, yes, you could have played that one first; it would have worked. But the suspense was there. It was an, it was a good hook? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think the fact that sci-fi has committed to uh, showing the first two episodes mm-hmm. is a great thing. That lets people, you know, there was the sneak during the summer. Yeah. Um, where we showed the first the first uh, episode, and that was a nice thing. But I think if you didn't go back and show it again in the fall, that would have been a mistake. Right. But the Absolutely. fact that they're saying, you know, if you came and watched before, come back because there's there's also something new for you to take a look at. It will give people in just two episodes a real sense of of what's happening, and I think a nice sense of you know closure just to the to the idea of this is how we began. Definitely. I know from uh, Sci-Fi's website in our interview that we had with Trezzo that, like Vanessa, his character Muhammad is searching for his own loved one, his sister Shima. Will we be getting any other flashbacks from the other survivors? Um, at, at this point, you know, as sitting in the writing room, there was a couple of times where we said this would, you know, let's let's show how this happens. There is a little bit of one. Um, you you kind of in, in episode three get a taste of how. Um, Flesh, one of the, the the characters that we, you know, who the first person who Vanessa really turned from a vampire into, um, into a human. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the sort of hook at the end of the end of the episode. Um, he, uh, we get a little sense of of who he was before he was turned, and so we use it a little bit. But um, uh, there were a number of times where we talked about it, but I think ultimately we talked ourselves out of it just so it didn't become too repetitive and it was very special when we did do it. Awesome. Now, we know from the first episode that there's something special about Vanessa's blood. In the flashbacks, we see her donating blood at the local clinic. Does she not know that she's different? I mean, she's really strong when she goes after the um, neighbor's boyfriend, but, like, she's giving away her blood. Yeah, we really wanted wanted her to have this, you know, not a a real knowledge of who she was and that, Mm -hmm. in a way, her body is kind of activated once she's attacked by a vampire. Ah. And uh, and so once she was attacked and bitten and goes into that coma, mm-hmm. then another bite is the thing that sort of wakes her up and, and sets her off on this other path. So, you know, we didn't want it to be something that, um, you know, she knew, she knew about and I'm different and all of that. Yeah. But she does, I think along the way, she starts to look at it and go, oh, psychologically, this makes sense. You know, I'm as much vampire as I am human, it seems. And... You know, these these things that I thought I just had a bad temper or, you know, that I couldn't hold a job, all these things that, you know, are real are real things that people face in life. For her, they begin to make sense when she's putting together the mystery of who she is. Awesome. Doc was bitten by a vampire and she turned. Does this mean that the vampires in the series are different than the traditional movie varieties with the drinking the vampire's blood first to turn and that vampirism is more like a virus that's transferred? 
there's a bit more of a sense of that, 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 you know, it's, it feels a bit more scientific than it does, you know, uh, kind of driven by myth. Mm-hmm. There is, um, there's a sense that yes, this is a, almost a disease that's being passed around. And we also looked at it as, as, as for a lot of the vampires that when they're turned, there's the sense almost that they become like, you know, super junkies that they just, all they can think about is, is they want to feed, you know, there's, we really went from the point of view that all these people were human at one point. Mm-hmm. And you kind of forget that sometimes in a, in a vampire story, you know, they be, they become a kind of monster. And so you forget the human side of it, but we really wanted to have this idea that, you know, when they become this person, they, they, their mind is just sort of everything else is in check because all they're so hungry, mm-hmm. they, they need to feed, feed, feed. And so depending on what they feed on, they can become very feral if they're feeding on. It's sort of like you know you are what you eat. They, if they feed just on animals and and birds and that sort of thing, they become more feral. And if they've had good quality blood, then they remain you know someone who can talk and reason and that sort of thing. And so um, you you get the differentiating the differentiating between uh, vampire you know the kind of levels of vampires. Um, and, and that seemed to to make you know again tie to science rather than being just you know talking about garlic and and being able to see your or not see your reflection in a mirror or those kinds of things. Right. Uh, so the we, we wanted it all. So basically, the level of vampire that you could be from feral to feeder on up is isn't um, dictated by who bit you. It's just how you end up acting afterwards. Or feeding. Yeah, in, in, in a way, it's, it ends up being you know all about how you how you react to it you know in terms of of what you feed on um, after you become burned you know and there are people who of course just get fed on and bled out and and don't get turned into vampires you know there was there was a number of vampires that were just turned in the beginning to create larger numbers but there also was just a huge feeding frenzy and they just, and they wiped out a certain amount of the population just by, you know, draining them completely. Um, the ones that are just like raving, hungry, ravenous for, for blood, mm-hmm. you know, aren't thinking about tomorrow. They come upon someone and they just drain them because they'll, they'll drink until they explode, you know, and uh, somebody else is going, no, we have to, you know, keep these people and we'll bleed them, you know, a bit at a time. And so we'll always have a food source. So there's, you know, there's all just like in society. There's all kinds of of uh, levels of of imagination and thought process going on there between these these uh, various types of vampires as well as humans. Okay, awesome. Um, so in, in the second episode, one of the vampires, Rebecca, she's talking to Dimitri after one of their underlings come back from the blood run, and he's suddenly human. They called it reversion. Um, so. They seem like they were very familiar with it. Would this happen? Have something to do with the elder Van Helsing, and may he pop up or she pop up? Well, there's yeah, there's there's talk about having having known along the way of the, of the first season. You'll hear them talk more okay. about Van Helsing and that and that particular myth. Okay. Um, but I think this is this is something that they have, uh, you know, it, when they have spent a lot of time in hiding. You know, they they did they had seen this before, so there is okay. talk about yeah, that um, that somewhere along the line there was someone who was able to do this, and um, Dimitri, uh, one of the vampires, talks a lot about Vanessa's mother, who he seems to have had you know some contact with, 
Um, so we do we do t- kind of tip our hat toward the more classic side of the you know the connection to Van Helsing and yeah. um, and certainly Kelly you know and I and and various other people went back and read the Stoker novel again and talked about the traits that that Van Helsing had and you know pulled a few key things from it but um, in the end we also just wanted to make a lot of it our own right right you guys definitely did that. <laughs> So will you guys be traveling into to any of the upcoming conventions like the New York City Comic Con or any of the Wizard World cons? I don't know. Um, a contingent of folks went down to Comic Con in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was in Germany, and, I, and now here I am back again in Germany. But uh, so I, I joined by um, by Skype. But um, we haven't talked more really about. I think they're going to show a couple of episodes in Calgary because that's where Chad and Mike are based and a number of the actors were um, Canadian actors. Um, so I think that that was a natural kind of jumping off place uh, for them to, uh, to connect with. But um, they've talked about other, other conventions and that sort of thing, but I don't think they've made any plans yet for uh, uh, any particular one. I, I suppose that they want to wait in some ways to see how people respond to the show. If they feel yeah. like there's a, a public interest in that, I think they'll probably no doubt connect with it sooner rather than later. Oh, I think there'll be a big public interest in the show. It's, it's, I it's, do it's too. <laughs> We're ready for vampires to come back. So, Oh, good. Good. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I sort of love the world. You know, I think it's pretty fascinating and I think it's, uh, um, I, it's just like any show. It's important to create characters that an audience wants to come back and see and, and hope that they survive. So that was really the mandate in our room was, was as as much blood as we said we were going to spill, and that mm-hmm. was really paramount for us. We said, you know, that's the that is the centerpiece of any vampire show. They're, they are all connected by by that one convenience of of blood, and we said we're never going to shy away from that. Yeah. But um, but the but the human side was really important to me, and I think that rubbed off on everybody that there was a sense of let's create really good characters that you are memorable and you, you like them. And so you want to see them each week, you know, continue the march on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it's really important Then it's really exciting and, and uh, memorable. If, if you lose one of those characters or, you know, something happens, the beauty here is, is there's loss and then there's loss, you know, somebody becomes a vampire. There's always now the chance that they could be reverted yeah. um, as opposed to just dying. You know, there's, there's very different kinds of loss in this particular piece. So I think that's a, that's a fun door to have open to you a number of characters who you would just say, normally we would, you know, we'd either keep them alive or we'd kill them off. We have other possibilities now for them. And that's uh, I think an exciting thing to, to play with as well. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so question for you, a lot of sci-fi series, um, many of the actors and um, different staff they will live tweet during the episode do you have any plans on live tweeting i don't actually tweet myself so i don't have any plans to do it um you know i've i've before been on like um um the the podcast that was about hell on wheels you know i've Uh done that sort of thing um or i've been you know in in a in a sort of like, you know, a, I don't know what the equivalent, I guess, a sort of chat room or yeah. you know, on, a, on a thread of, of people commenting, uh, like on AMC about, about Hell on Wheels, that kind of thing. I'm happy to do that sort of thing. Yeah. But I just don't have enough 
um, social media presence to like have an outlet that I would immediately go to. You know? Got it. But Got in it. Terms just, of, uh, yeah. of finding a way to connect with people who want to talk about it, that would be great. You know, because in the end, you don't do these things in a vacuum. You really, you really do them so that you connect with an audience and you hope yeah. an audience, you know, responds. And I think that the fans of, of not just, you know, vampires, but of, of this genre of, you know, this broad sci-fi, you know, um, genre is yeah. uh, you know, one of the, one of the best out there. You know, they, people really, really care about the, the, the shows that they like oh, definitely. And, uh, and, and love to talk and connect and, you know, find out as much as they can. So I think that they're a, a very vocal um, group of watchers. And, and so to find a way to, you know, on a weekly basis or something, be able to say, Hey, I'm, I'm here. If you want to talk about it yeah. would be a great thing. So I hope that we find some sort of uh, way for people who are in the cast, you know, everybody has a different way of doing it, but yeah. for me, it would probably take, you know, a show like this or, uh, you know, um, finding that, that comment section where you, you feel people are writing, you know, about the show during the, the time that it's happening, because I don't, I don't, as I said, do some of those things that, that might allow me to have easier access to it. Yeah, no, totally understand. Um, and I know live tweeting can add something communal, like and you, you just really enjoy talking to other people who are enjoying the same thing that you are. And whether you're yeah, it's, it's so immediate, I mean, that's obviously yeah. the beauty of it in terms yeah. of, you know, so many people say, yeah, I love to do it. But I also I love getting my news that way. You know, I feel like exactly. I'm really as close to the, you know, the moment that it happens as you can be. Yeah. And I think that's, that's very true for a lot of things. Um, some things get misreported because it's happening so fast. Oh, they don't have yeah. the facts even, yeah. but you do find out things, you know, awfully early. And, um, and that's important to a lot of people. Um, but also the, the connection you can have to a show like that, you know, that it enriches their experience by going, Oh, I'm, I'm getting a little background or something that I couldn't normally get just by watching the show. And, exactly. and it does it does increase the the people enjoy it a lot more too when they're doing a live tweeting and they tweet out their like one of their favorite actors or something and during the show and they reply back everybody you know tends to get really excited about that because you have that interaction that you have now with shows that you never had five years ago basically so the fans yeah it's, I'm, it's a good I'm way sure for the fans to reach I mean out. and it sure is. I'm sure it's been very positive and also detrimental in some ways, you know, that, oh, yeah. that um, you know, the, the old idea of water cooler, you know, standing around and talking about a show that you liked last week um, has now the ability to, to reach out to so many, you know, like-minded people immediately um, has let people, you know, guess way down the line what's going to happen in shows and, yeah. you know, also be very negative about shows too. Yeah. So, um, there's, there's, you know, really pros and cons to that sort of thing. But I do love the fact that I think what it does signal is how interested people can be in a particular show, how much they, when they care about something, how deeply they care about oh, yeah. that show and the characters. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Neil, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to see more of this show and these amazing oh, characters good. that you guys have created. Thank you very much. I think, I think you'll be, uh, You'll be happy with the direction the uh, the first season takes, and uh, uh, let us know. Now, you know that's that's that is truly the great thing is that now that we can you know get individual voices that tell us um, both good and bad things. You know, and, and, yeah. and you never know where a good idea is going to come from. 
We will be I, watching I've many it. times heard from a, you know, someone after a, a theater or, you know, film, it's much harder after the fact when a film is out, you, you're like, Oh, I can't go back and fix that. But in television, the idea that you might have another season or five and, you know, you'll have times to, to work on characters or mm-hmm. in the theater the same way. It's great sometimes to, to have someone say, Hey, this is what I think. I mean, I, I like the show, but I'm really confused by this or this, you know, it's, that's sometimes really invaluable, but that, that only that person is the one to think of it or brave enough to tell you or whatever it is. So I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm never shy about reading a review or, or hearing from a fan um, because, you know, a good idea could be just around the corner. Oh, absolutely. Well, we'll be covering it weekly and recapping it. So we'll let you know. Oh, that's great. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yes. Anytime. Thank you so much Take for care. joining us tonight. Bye. That's it for this episode. Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.